Hello and welcome to Legal Thinking from RWK Goodman with uh, me, Ed Wooten, and my co-host, Liam Pape. Hello. How are you doing, Liam? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. It's been um, a nerdy fascination of mine for many years, uh, right. mergers and acquisitions. And just to my luck, that's exactly what this uh, this evening, <laughs> that's exactly what today's episode is about. Oh yeah? Well, what, what's, what's happening today? I mean, fill me in. As the listener will know, um, Lloyd's Withy King recently merged with Goodman Derrick uh, to create RWK Goodman. And in this episode, we speak to Graham Street, who was the managing partner of Lloyd's Withy King and who is continuing on with that role uh, and staying as the managing partner of RWK Goodman. And we also speak to Ed Hall, who was the senior partner at Goodman Derrick and who is now a partner at RWK Goodman. But yes, we do have an absolutely fascinating conversation about why law firms merge, why Goodman, Derrick and Roy Twitty King felt that they needed to merge. But we also have kind of an in-depth discussion about the importance of uh, culture and making sure that there isn't a culture clash. So without any further ado, run tape. Ed and Graham, thank you for joining us. Um, so, for full disclosure, I think it's important to point out that Ed and Graham are, in fact, Ed Wooten and mine's uh, bosses. However, that doesn't mean that we're going to give them softball questions by any extent. No, sorry. So, first question to Graham. What is your favourite colour? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, my favourite colour is probably... Blue. No, you're supposed to say RWK Goodman Burgundy. That that's the correct answer. <laughs> Caught no. out already. Caught out already. Now let's jump into the proper questions. So, um, Graham, we will actually start with you. Um, just for a bit of an overview, why do law firms decide to merge? Oh, um, yeah, law firms will merge for um, a number of reasons. Um, uh, on the positive side, I'd like to think that law firms merge because they will see opportunities for strategic growth. Um, you know, on a from a financial perspective, to strengthen their uh, the, the the financial standing of the the, the, the business. Uh, in some cases, to uh, create better economies of scale, as uh, is uh, usual in, in 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 all growing businesses. Um, and I guess in 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 some cases. Um, Mergers, law firms merge for uh, for less positive reasons uh, as well. So um, you know, particularly uh, businesses, law firms that are under distress, or occasionally where um, the regulators intervene and force uh, force a business to cl- effectively close down. Uh, but uh, obviously, in our case, we're, we're we're looking at the positive end of things and the strategic gain. Uh, and um, from from our perspective, um, you know, our merger is 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 is. Uh, capable of delivering that. So we'll get into that in a second. And Ed, I'll have a question for you in a second. But Graham, just kind of on that, um, how how would a law firm know when the timing is right um, for yeah, the merger? Um, um, well, some of that might be planned, and some of the some of it might not be. So it's it's um, uh, the uh, some of it is driven opportunistically by when opportunities arise in the market. Um, and some of it is it will be based on a perhaps a longer term design and longer term uh, sort of plan and execution of that plan. So um, there is um, there needs to be a sense of opportunity, a meeting of opportunity, with a d- desire to, to 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 merge with the opportunity that that uh, arises for one. 
So let's bring that back and put it into the context of Goodman, Derek, and Royds with the King merging to create uh, RWK Goodman. Uh, so a question for you, Ed. Um, why did Goodman, Derek want to merge? Well, I think I've been sort of fairly honest about this from before I met Graham, which was that we had been an independent firm for 63, 64 years. And I think the original thinking two years ago was we could carry on being an independent firm. Uh, and I don't think anyone was pursuing a merger uh, at the time that I first spoke to Graham. Um, but I think what changed and what made, made us all think differently was really the the, environment, the economic environment, basically every year it was getting more and more expensive to remain independent at our size. And then the pandemic came along, so we had a whole load of uh, things to deal with on that front. But ultimately, we, need, we, we realized that we just weren't big enough to be able to put the investment in to be the kind of firm that we wanted to continue to be. But by the same token, nor did we want to jump in with anybody or, or anyone that, that we hadn't thought about. So for us, it was market driven initially. And then we all started to think, well, if we are going to combine with someone, who's it going to be? And, and that is how we, we got to talk to um, what, what was then Roy's with the game. Uh, and just before I ask the next question, it might be worth giving a little bit of context. So, Ed, off the top of your head, do you remember the rough headcount of Goodman Derek and the rough turnover as well? And then, Graham, same question for you. Uh, at, at what point? When we first started speaking? or uh, Yeah, let, let's see when we first started speaking. I think we were roughly 90 people in total, um, turning over uh, something like 14 million or thereabouts. Um, and then by the time we merged, because of course it was a, Graham will correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably a two year period between our first conversation and merger. We, we are what we are today. Graham probably remembers better than I do, but, but 60 to 70 people in total came over and our turnover is down by a couple of million. So quite a lot less people, but not a huge difference in the turnover that we brought over. So. Um, you know that that was one of the one of the things that we were sort of dealing with during that two year period. Uh, and Graham, what was the size of Royds with the King? Yeah, Royds with the King was uh, about four hundred and seventy people, uh, and a turnover of or a, a target turnover for this year, which we um, uh, very gratefully delivered, uh, of forty million. So yeah, um, excellent, a bit bigger. Um, so Graham, why did Royds with the King want to be part of the merger? Yes, we uh, well, uh, Royce Willie King is is um, is a progressive business or was a pr progressive business. Uh, um, uh, we uh, are focused on sustainable growth in the market, and um, we ha have a re recent track record of having grown through uh, organic uh, growth and also through uh, acquisition and merger. Um, sort of bolt on, and um, we've done um, acquisitions and mergers successfully in the past. Uh, and six years ago, uh, Withy King, as it was then, uh, merged with Roids in central London uh, and built a platform for future growth in the capital and, and, and future growth nationally and potentially internationally uh, as well. And um, that merger has, was successful, uh, certainly successful in creating a platform for future growth. Uh, and the last five years have been very challenging um, economically and um, politically uh, as well. But um, but really, it, it, we were um, uh, continuing to look for strategic growth opportunities, particularly in London, to build out London and to ultimately build our national profile. So, um, so um, strategic mergers uh, has always been part of our plan. Um, there's timing issues as to 
you know, when and how often you can do these things successfully because it's, it's absolutely not about growth for growth's sake. It's about growth uh, to create a sustainable business. Uh, and as we have di- uh, divisional or re- sorry, regionalized our business uh, in the Southwest, in Oxford and Thames Valley, and in London, we, uh, we were looking for sust- uh, sustainable and uh, strategic growth in London. Uh, and that's wh- how this opportunity came around. Ed, you just mentioned that the initial conversation started about two years ago. Um, how did Goodman Derrick go about finding an appropriate suitor, so to speak? Well, um, in some ways we didn't in the sense that we were always being approached, uh, have been since I was in the management of the firm, on a regular basis. Uh, and what was interesting, and Graham may blush, but the difference between Graham and the others was that they would tend to come along to us and say, well, we're not in London, you're in London. How about we combine and then you send all your work to you know, Office A, Office B or Office C. Um, the, the difference with Graham is, I mean, I got to know Graham through mutual contacts and I, I knew the firm and uh, ultimately we started off, and I'm sure we'll come back to this, but we wanted to talk, if we were going to speak with anyone, it would be where I felt there'd be a strong cultural fit because there wasn't much point going any further unless they were the right sort of people. But I mean, I think the difference was that when one spoke to Graham, it was more a question of how, you know, how can you help uh, RWK build build the London office, and, and it was it was very much more of a um, you know an inclusive conversation rather than the normal conversation that we'd had, which was both refreshing, but but really the difference I think in getting you know all our colleagues to think, oh, this is a good firm, this is the sort of firm we should be talking to. Um, and, and kind of on that, as, as kind of tabloidy as this question sounds, but do you have any top tips for those discussions, for the negotiations, for um, for almost striking a good deal on both sides, that is? Um, Graham, if you want to pick that one up first. Yeah. Um, well, as Ed has already alluded, I think finding a, a, a strong cultural fit is um, is the most important factor. Um, you know, if you're going to um, make a, a merger successful, uh, and you're going to live together for a long time, then you know you've got to uh, know each other very well. You've got to like them, and you've got to be able to um, work with work with those um, uh, individuals as well. I think in in the nature of our profession is that the culture is really uh, delivered through the people. Uh, so it's a, a, about finding a good people fit, um, and you know people will the people will represent the profile and the personality of the firm uh, as well. So um, there's lots of tangible sort of things that you can use to identify a strong cultural fit. Uh, but um, but so people first and, you know, we're very much a people first organization and, and, and so we're Goodman Derrick. Um, uh, there has to be a good uh, financial fit as well. So the financial structures have to align with one another. Um, and that, that means looking at the, um, you know, not just the profit and loss, but also the balance sheets and understanding the, uh, the working capital base of, of, of the firms and, and how those two things can merge and align with one another. Um, and strategically, uh, as well, you know, we have to be, uh, complementary in terms of strategy. Um, we need to be uh, wanting to achieve the same things uh, in the same market. Um, so we're not. So we're, we're building strength in depth, as it were, as a practice, rather than diversifying and spreading spreading too thinly. So you know, those were our were the key considerations uh, for, uh, for for uh, Roy's with E King, and um, those were the that was the shopping list, if you like, of things that we were looking for in a in a suitable merger partner. And Ed, same question to you. Any uh, top tips for negotiating a merger? 
one of the things that I think is really important about mergers is it isn't, you know, obviously it's a bigger firm and a smaller firm, but when you see people's weaknesses and strengths in the sense that everyone's taking some risk together uh, and we're all joining one partnership, then ultimately that, that to me is probably, the, you know, a, a real, a really important uh, indicator for a successful merger. I mean, some of these transactions you see law firms, they don't combine at all, you know, they run one name, two firms. We haven't done that, and um, we, we have shared risk completely. And I think that's a that's a really important point. In terms of Liam, in, in terms of negotiating um, tips for negotiating, um, Liam, the the um, you know ne- negotiations are, are, are critically important. But the stronger the alignment at day one, the stronger the you know the the natural alignment, the less there is to negotiate. So, you know, I think we were very fortunate that, um, you know, throughout our negotiation, there wasn't actually uh, a great deal to negotiate that wasn't based on pure common sense and, you know, commercial pragmatism and grounded in reality. You know, it was a a very as a natural fit. Then, you know, the negotiation process was was really quite straightforward. Um, for context, listener, when we were speaking to Graham uh, last week, he kind of used the analogy of a marriage, and I suppose that can be applied here. So our merger sounds like it was quite um, plain sailing, or relatively. Um, so to kind of pull us away from um, our specific merger, and again, talk about um, law firm mergers in general, um, Ed, I'll give this question to you first. What are some of the challenges that firms can face when they're merging? I mean, you just alluded to their kind of mergers that happen and they very much stay as almost two firms, but under the same name. Yeah. Um, well, I think an awful lot of the challenges which happen to mer- law firms that are merging only really become apparent after they've merged, obviously. So, uh, and you start to see when you look at other firms where things might have gone wrong. Um, and I think culture is that we we come back to that. But if you aren't, if you don't fit, you don't fit. However brilliant you are on paper, so I think that's the number one. I mean, number two, obviously, is if the economics don't work, however nice you are, then that doesn't work either. But I think there's a third one, which I think Graham and I are trying to be very careful to avoid, or all of us are trying to be careful to avoid, which is the sort of the after you, no after you. So I've seen law firms where everybody tries to get a role based on what's fair, as opposed to who are the right people for the job. And I think that's super important is that you don't that you just look at it as a business of, of a combined business as one, not them and us. Uh, and that means that you get away from that thinking as quickly as possible uh, and start uh, and, and move forward very, very quickly to, to operate as a single a single unit. And Graeme, anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, I think ensuring that there's a, a strong alignment of uh, interests um, is, is important, um, you know, obviously. Uh, in addition to the, the the cultural piece, you know we have to we have to want the same things and we have to support each other to achieve them and and um, you know that means that you know on a personal level or people level you know we've got to we've got to like each other and we've got to enjoy working with each other and that's you know I think we're, we've done a lot of work on we've had plenty time to work on that beforehand um, we uh, we spent a lot of time getting to know one another uh, with with Goodman Derek as we have with previous merger partners and. Um, you know, it's, it is like a marriage. Um, you know, you've got to commit. Once you've committed, you know, you're in it for life. You know, that's the that's the, the essential premise of a marriage is that you know it should be for the long term, not not for the short term. So, um, choosing your marriage partner is 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 and and choosing wisely is critically important to the longer term success of any of any merger or acquisition. 
Um, the publication The Lawyer ran a piece at the end of last year about consolidation of small to mid-sized law firms. So my question is for you, Ed, and that is, do you think that firms the size of what Goodman Derrick was can continue to exist independently? Uh, well, I mean, or is, hold on, I can word it better, or is consolidation inevitable? Oh, I like that. Uh, I don't think you can ever say anything's inevitable unless you can read the future. But I think it was the writing was on the wall in terms of for us in the same way as, as it has been for other firms of our size. I mean, I won't mention, but there are you know several firms who are you know well known who either joined, become part of a listed entity or an accounting firm, or been swallowed up wholesale, never to be heard of again. But I think the it, it is very difficult to be a full service law firm at that sort of size, largely because the regulatory cost and all the other costs of doing business have just gone up exponentially in the last few years, which means it makes it very, very hard to um, be profitable doing it that way. And then if you throw in competition from outsourcing and from, you know, the sort of, you like to call it, the, the, the barrister's chambers type model, there needs to be change. So I, my suspicion is that firms of our size as GD will become fewer and fewer in number in terms of full service, but they may well exist if they're, say, a specialist patent boutique or a, you know, a, a one type of a service operation. That would be my view. We've spoke a lot about the importance of it being a cultural, uh, a cultural fit of two firms merging. Uh, but how do you know that it will be a cultural fit before as Ed, you rightly pointed out, before the firms merge, because often these uh, issues can rear their heads, but it's always after um, the merger has happened. So, I mean, again, to give it a little bit more context, um, Ed Wooten, who was sat quietly during this interview, and I um, did an interview for the podcast a couple of weeks ago about employee value propos uh, propositions. Um, so, is it stuff like that, making sure that Again, kind of the, the people-centric part of, of, um, of the way you see your firm is, is compatible. I haven't articulated that in the best way, but do you get what I mean? I think I do, yes. I mean, um, in our particular circumstances, I suppose we spent a lot of time, you know, for once sort of management had met management, then we kind of made sure that it went across and right, you know, we took our time to make sure that people met up with other people in the same groups and in the same areas. We had associates um, meeting each other. We even put secondments in place before we'd fully merged to, to sort of, you know, within the bounds of what we were allowed to do, to make sure that we were as um, at as much cross, you know, polarisation as possible as we were permitted. And I think that told us every time that actually not only were the people very similar, but actually they were also. You know, to my mind, an awful lot of opportunities both ways in terms of things where we fit really well, where we, you know, one side may have a bit more, one office may have this, may, may have that, but all sorts of opportunities you discover. So I, I think it was really finding out by not rushing into it at all. I mean, we, as I say, we, Graham and I have been spoke for a long time. It wasn't for a year after that, I think, Graham, correct me if I got it wrong, but at least a year before we sort of got into the, the actual detail. Um, and I think that's important. It was. I mean, we um, the the uh, the opportunities um, were there at the outset, but um, but those that opportunity didn't converse until we were some way down the line in terms of um, just getting to know each other, really. And you know, a merger may have happened, and it may not have happened. And it, you know, it, the the most important thing is that you know, I think Goodman Derek had 
uh, some issues on, and, and challenges to address, and 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 so did Roy's Willie King, and you know, and you can't rush into um, a uh, a merger until those issues have been thought through and planned, and you know, and uh, and to a certain, to, to, to extent that was possible resolved. So. Um, COVID didn't help, uh, or in, arguably COVID did help. Um, COVID put put the brakes on it. I mean, during lockdown, uh, there was a limit to, you know, how much work, uh, pre- preparatory work could be done and how, you know, the extent to which people could get to know each other um, in in um, face-to-face, as it were, rather than remotely. Um, uh, in a funny sort of way, I think COVID did help because it enabled us both to take the time to develop a deeper understanding of, of you know, what we were e- each individually looking for, and but also what collectively we might achieve if we were to get together. And um, and I think that time was 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 time well spent. You know, Ed and I in particular spent a lot of time uh, getting to know each other and 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 sharing some. You know, musings, if you like, if we call them musings, or sharing some ideas, but really focused on, you know, how we might help each other either inside or outside of a merger arrangement. And, you know, without the pressure of having a, a deadline or a, a fixed time scale to work to, um, you know, I think, I think time, time, um, time worked in our favour overall. Ed and Graham, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you, you very much. That was absolutely fascinating, especially as it, rolled on from our EVP conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago um, with, you know, Wiser and anything like that. Um, it's just the way that they talk about it as you're not looking at it as two firms who are joint, you're looking at it as creating one firm mm. and that's the best way to go forward. I, I don't know what you took from it, Liam, but you know, with your interest in mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I think just the, the key is, uh, and is maybe... Uh, as cringeworthy as it sounds, no, nah, it's not cringeworthy. But I, I think the analogy of almost a wedding is is a really good one mm-hmm. about finding the right partner. And what stuck me was the question about like any like almost tips and hints for like striking a good deal when you're negotiating a merger. It's like you can do that as much as you want, but ultimately, if the two firms aren't a right fit for each other, they're yeah. not a right fit for each other. And I think that's more important than scraping a slightly better deal or or, or whatever else um, but yeah I, I think as was really kind of hit home in that conversation the importance of avoiding a culture clash is key um, and as Ed Hall pointed out that's often something that you can try and mitigate before a merger takes place but often will rear its ugly head after the merger but- yeah and I think it was pretty clear how well Graham and Ed kind of gel together as two partners in what is now the same business. You know, I think very excited to be out of BK Goodman, really. Indeed, um, and, and let's hope that continues, importantly. Yeah, it will, exactly. I'm sure it will, because like, like you say, you build it on a proper foundation and you get the feeling talking to them both that they're both on the same page. And I think, you know, they are, of course. So, yeah, long may it continue. And yeah, welcome everyone from Goodman Derek again welcome indeed uh, if you enjoyed this conversation uh, we'll tease you now that we'll have um, we're going to have some more kind of thought leadership and content coming out around this in the very near future so keep your eyes peeled for that um, if you enjoyed the sound of my voice and my co-host Ed Wooten's voice then do subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, and if you enjoyed it as well do leave us a five star review because that does help with the algorithms and whatnot. Um, yeah. apart from that um, it's goodbye from me 
and it's goodbye from him. <laughs>